Hello everyone, my name's Hank Suttala. And I'm Casey McBride. And we're here with another fun episode of Stir Crazy Shamans. Welcome, everyone. It's been, how long has it been since we've done a stream? Jeez, I don't know. We were in the forest with Steven, uh, whatever that was. But then other than that, as far as being at our desks and doing this, I feel like it's been... At least a week. A, yeah, it's been at least a week, if not more. <laughs> yeah, so uh, things just kind of, as things are opening up, both Casey and I have had appointments, and it just kind of... Uh, rolled over to our normal time but we are making a commitment to, even if it's like 15 minutes in the afternoon we are going to look to have some sort of little stream at least every day if we yes. can uh, <laughs> at least weekdays uh, week weekends we'll still do our normal thing hopefully having jameson on and and all that good stuff and but welcome and i have to do a quick facebook share but casey what is uh, why don't you bring everybody up to speed if there's oh. anything to bring them up to speed on of what yeah well we had uh, our first in-person weekend for the shaman apprenticeship and oh my goodness, was that magical. Um, I mean, just being around that many, um, you know, spiritually open and powerful people was in and of itself an incredible experience. But then going through the initiations, being energetically introduced to the spirits and the elements um, and just all of the exercises and powerful initiations we experienced was, man, I, I don't remember any time I've ever felt um, so alive and so peaceful uh but yeah it really was one of the most powerful weekends i've ever i can ever remember having it was it was amazing awesome i it's my actually i think it's about my eighth time going through the first round of initiations just with me having brought some people through it as well uh, but third time was zane and every single time every group is totally different and this one uh is no exception it's so great to see everybody coming in and i'm just now sharing everything and then i'll have my full attention on the stream here mm -hmm. and, and hello jennifer i think i saw you watching when i was uh going on my my uh, thing to make it public so welcome and i will respond to your pm here in a bit too uh oh my gosh i cannot oh i have to search for stream that's what is my problem okay here we go <laughs> No, I'm trying to I'm trying to share our stream to all these little groups and like there's a ton of groups I'm a member of and I only want these streaming ones. So I just had to narrow it down by typing in something in the search bar. So here we go. Yeah. Um, so anyway, other than that, uh, I've, I'm now out of a few places doing shamanic healing for anyone who's interested. Uh, well, I guess we can talk about that later. Let's. Uh, yeah, let's I was just thinking. Yeah, you reprimanded me for that last time. <laughs> no, but what uh, I am. Uh, but we are looking forward to if you check out uh, stircrazyshamans.com all of our past episodes are there and there is a new tab that says in-person meetups for everybody local we're going to have start having like nature hikes and different things like that so it's just something else to look forward to and let's see where do we want to go with our conversation oh my gosh there's been so much happening in the world like this extra <laughs> thick layer of uh, sticky hucha, I guess, is the, the, mm. every time I read the news and everything. So I, I guess one thing I want to bring up to everybody is all of us are empathic to some degree. Uh, we've had Ryan Dean on who has the Empathic Empowerment series that he does every morning. And he says that, you know, as, as empaths, it's like a bell curve. And most of us are in this little section like this, but there's some people that are way more empathic. And I, I think especially nowadays, people are waking up to these intuitive gifts more and more. And when you have 
all this focus in the world of all things happening in the government and the things happening with the pandemic and things happening with social changes and the economy and all that, we get to this place where we just feel we're, it's possible to feel really overwhelmed, even if you have a lot of tools like Casey and I. And so I, I think we should run people through a little Simon Chikui, give a tool. I was just doing Simon Chikui right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as I'm talking about it. <laughs> Um, so, so um and, and maybe it's better because casey has more of the hypnotic voice he's oh, yeah, got the, yeah. he's got the little guided meditation listen to me and melt into you know another reality <laughs> uh, but let me set the stage for what this is uh it, the simon jacui it's a term that translates to father's reign and the idea is that you open up your energy field to the heavens to the hanak pacha the upper world and you just become an allowance of this cascading energy from the upper world that's going to flow throughout the totality of your being and the reason i say it that way is we are way more than our body we are way more than our spirit our mind uh we're we're all these things and it goes through all time and space it goes through lifetimes past present future and it takes any heaviness anything that isn't light to the soul anything that holds you back from stepping into different possibilities and being in receiving from the universe it just washes it down to the bottom of the energy field and we invite our beloved pachamama mother earth to come up and take the energy as a beautiful gift that she will use as fertilizer to grow blessings for us and that's kind of setting the stage for it all and anything you want to add to that because i know um you have good stuff yeah i think uh, it can be immensely helpful for people especially empaths to just learn to distinguish between sami and hucha in their bodies so sami just meaning a light Hucha means heavy, um, and to learn that a lot of this, uh, a lot of these uncomfortable sensations, anxiety, depression, and things, um, oftentimes are just a buildup of hucha that we're not doing anything with, um, and because a lot of us have never been taught how to move that out, and so this one exercise, Saman Chikui, I really think for empaths, for people struggling with anxiety and depression and things, I think it can completely change. Uh, people's lives and it's almost hard to believe because it is such a simple exercise but the simplest exercises are really the most powerful ones um, <clears throat> so yeah I encourage everyone uh, right now wherever you are as long as you're not like driving or needing to do something that requires intense focus follow along with this and just pay attention first um, to like check in your with your body and just kind of feel what your body feels like. We often spend a lot of time up in the head and we don't feel the body. We do a lot to distract ourselves from feeling it. So check in right now and then we'll check in again afterward. But check in, how does your body feel? Oh, and, one, and one thing as we begin to start, know that this is not something as he brings us through that you have to keep focusing on with intention, with the power of Munai in this tradition, a combination of your will and love. It's like shooting a bow and arrow. You set the intention once, you let it go, and then you just trust and allow the energy to occur. It's like when you move your arm, you're not having to sit there going, move, 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 move. You just do it. So that's the same thing. We're setting our, our intention and then you just let it flow and don't think about it too much because that's yeah every time you check in to try and track the movements of the energy you are slowing it down um so all you need to do is like you, like you said set the intention and then you perceive it happening you're not making it happening you're not forcing it happen to happen with like a, a, a like a serious focus you just set the intent that it's going to happen and then you relax and just feel it Yep. And you, you don't have to worry, okay, I'm not feeling it moving through this part of my body. Every time you check in to try and find it, again, you're slowing it down. So you set the intention, then you relax and just know that it's happening. 
and with the allowance of the energy, know that you don't necessarily have to see it, hear it, feel it. We all have different ways that we perceive things. Uh, for myself, I have things just as a knowing, and I know it's happening. So don't um, it, people sometimes start comparing themselves to other people who have all these crazy visualizations and things, and that's not what it's about. The Carol who practice these things, they don't visualize anything. They don't see any of that. That They just know and trust that it's happening, and that's the energy to be in. Just know you're in the flow. And with that, I'll put it on Casey and let's have a Salmon Jakui experience. Mm. So begin by taking a deep breath. Exhale, consciously relax any tension you feel in your body to the best of your ability in this moment. And you can imagine that your eyeballs are sort of sinking back in your head and rolling down, taking your awareness with them until they settle in the navel. And just imagine that all of your attention is becoming rooted, focused in the navel. Imagine that you are thinking, feeling, perceiving the world from your navel. And when your awareness is rooted in the navel, you will become aware of a field of personal space around your body. Become aware of this field of personal space. This is what we call your pokbo, your bubble. And for a moment, just get a feel for this bubble of energy around you, your field of personal space. How close is it to your body? Are there areas that are closer and areas that are farther away? What information do you get about it? Is it just a knowing that it's there? Can you feel it? Is there a particular sensation or sensations? Are there colors associated with it? Smells, sounds, a taste? Just any information that comes through, allow it to come through and get a feel for your energy field for a moment. With the attention, the awareness rooted in the navel. And know that nothing can enter your field of personal space, your pokebo, without your invitation and your permission. So open up your pokebo above your head at this moment and invite Saman Chakui, Father's Rain, light energy from the upper worlds. You can just imagine this as feeling very light or looking like a certain color of light, whatever information comes through, you're inviting the light energy to come into the top of your energy field, cascading down around the skin, the surface, through the inside of the bubble, and then also entering in through the crown of your head and slowly, gently traveling down your body. And as this energy travels down through your body, through the energy field around you, any heaviness that this light energy passes through, if it is ready to, let it just vibrate right along with that light energy and dissolve into it, becoming the light energy as it flows down. Feel that light energy flowing down through the body. Take your time and know that because you set the intention for it to flow down, it is already flowing down. You don't need to check in or try and force it to happen. You're just perceiving whatever comes through, knowing that it is already happening automatically because you set the intention. And any of that heaviness 
throughout the skin of the bubble, the inside of the bubble and inside of your body that was ready to vibrate along with it. Feel it dissolve into the light, becoming the light itself. And feel that flow down all the way through your energy field, all the way to the bottom below your feet. And just take a moment to continue to feel this downward flow. And bring your attention back to the flow of downward energy, starting toward the top of your energy fields above your head. And now, as this energy continues to flow down, any areas within your body or your energy field around you that were particularly heavy and did not want to vibrate right along or dissolve into that flow of light energy, just make the intention that this flow of energy coming in from above, that light energy is going to increase and become a little faster, flowing down into your body and energy fields. And any of these areas that were too heavy to simply dissolve, imagine now that they are breaking off into the downward flow. And as these areas begin to break off, allow them to gather in between your feet below you. continuing to feel the increased flow of Sami, that light energy, breaking off any areas of heaviness and allowing all that heaviness to flow down, eventually all gathering in between the feet. Just continue to feel that downward flow and allow it to all gather into a tight package in between the feet. Continue to flow like this just for another minute. And now that we have this heaviness gathered in between the feet, in a moment, but not yet, we're going to invite our beloved Mother Earth to come up and take this hucha, this heaviness from us. But she won't take it if we're presenting it to her as something gross or unfavorable that we're looking to just get rid of. To Mother Earth, this hucha, this heaviness, is her absolutely favorite thing. It's her favorite food. She uses it to create beautiful blessings and miracles for us. And so with the same kind of attitude, we would present a beloved friend or family member with the finest wine or the most delicious, expensive, fancy chocolate that we bought just for them because we know how much they would love it. Present this hucha, this heaviness to Mother Earth is the most beautiful gift that you can give to her. Knowing that it contains not just all of the heaviness and all of the unfavorable sensations that were in our body, but it contains 
everything within us. And so by giving this heaviness to the earth, we are forming a deep communication and relationship with her. And she wants to get to know all of us because we are all her children. So now seeing this hucha, this heaviness is a beautiful gift from Mother Earth. Open your field of energy below your feet where this energy is gathered and invite her to come up and drink away that hucha, that heaviness. Feel her reaching up and drinking away that hucha. And when you feel the hucha has drained away from your energy fields, you can close the field of personal space behind that, below your feet, and then bring your attention back to the downward flow of Sami, of light energy coming in from above. Feel that light energy flowing a little bit faster and filling up all of these spaces where the heaviness either dissolved away or broke off feeling all of these areas fill up more full than ever with that beautiful light spacious energy feeling everything become lighter and lighter as these energies within the body and the energy field on the skin of the bubble all fill with that beautiful light energy of sami and feel your energy field expanding filling out becoming more full as you become filled with this beautiful sami And as you continue to feel this flow of Sami coming in from above, know that any time throughout the day that you feel heaviness in your body, in your energy fields, you can run this Samajakui, clearing it while also forming a deep connection to the earth. So this is not just a beautiful healing exercise. It is also a beautiful grounding exercise in a form of ancient prayer one of the most pure and beautiful forms of prayer to help us to connect more deeply with our Mother Earth. And feel the flow of Sami coming in from above begin to gradually slow down. And as it slows down, allow it to sort of fade into the background until you close your fields of personal space behind the last of it coming in above your head. And when that happens, Check in with your body and feel, how does your body feel now? Thank you. Thank you, Casey. Very good. And I just want to let everyone know that um, there are some additional steps you can do. I didn't want to give away all the Samachikui secrets in the first one. You'll have to tune into further episodes for <laughs> even more. But um, one of the things I wanted to say, though, is that when you first start to practice it, um, you know, it may take a, a little bit of um, discipline to kind of hold the space to do that. And you may have to 
sort of be in a quiet space and, and really just get the feel for the flow of it. But if you've done that enough times, it sort of becomes automatic. And then it doesn't have to take a full seven, eight, nine minutes, however long it takes. Um, in any situation throughout the day, as soon as you feel some heaviness arise in the body, you can just run a really quick, uh, uh, just a quick flow of Simon Chikui, send that into the earth. And, um, and then it can be a beautiful way to help deal with this, uh, these uncomfortable, heavy, the sutra as it arises throughout the day instead of um you know having to really cleanse it out all at once like once a week or however often you remember to do it i was going to share the same the similar uh inspiration with that is that practice this when you don't need it practice right. it at home practice it in the shower you know that's a great place to practice it because you're getting the physical sensation of the water on you and yeah. what a great place to to start practicing it where once you have it anchored all you have to do is shoot that arrow and it's going and you don't right. you can set it and forget it and in the places where you get blindsided by life or you watch that one newscast that you shouldn't watch because you know it was going to get you all wound up anyway <laughs> start you just start going and that is uh, the first technique we teach in the Peruvian tradition almost all the time uh, I'm sure there's exceptions to that role but it's because it's the most powerful. A lot of the greatest modalities on the planet give you the most powerful stuff first, and the rest of the stuff, though significant. Uh, th this give you an example. Look at the Grand Canyon, that little flow of water, what it did. That's the power of this to work away all this hucha. It can take the biggest boulder and make it a grain of sand and easily movable out of your system. That's how amazing it is. We have Mary Ellen, who was just saying, thank you, beautiful. And also, she will send to a friend grieving of husband's death and now of her mother's. There's a, a book we've talked about on the show before. It's from Neil Donald Walsh. It's called Home with God, A Life That Never Ends. Anybody going through uh, life transitions like that, it's a great book. It puts it in a very different perspective that makes it a lot, gives people a lot more ease around death. Neil calls the act of dying the continuation day because consciousness never ends. It just changes form. And what if it's just a change of the dial in the radio to pick up the frequency where they can have a different experience with their lost loved ones lost in quotes and then uh she also said define huta so hucha which the way i spell it and again there's no correct spelling because it's a, a language that doesn't have a real real written language um h-u-t-c-h-a is how i spell it hucha mm -hmm. and um it just means heavy or it could also translate to tension uh, or and just like Sami is light or relaxation it's the feeling in the body that you experience and it's important to note that it's not right or wrong or good or bad or anything like that it's all based on your point of view and where you're at what's light for me could be heavy for Casey or vice versa uh, Elizabeth Jenkins who's one of um, Zane's uh, sisters on the path who they have some of the same teachers she would say that angel poop angel hucha is light for us as our hucha is light for the underworld and for the earth and so it's all a matter of where could this energy be that has been stuck in me where could I allow that to flow where it's going to create possibility for the planet and my fellow creatures and everything on it and in that way you're never looking at anything as a burden you're looking at this as a beautiful gift for someone somewhere and I'm going to allow it to flow there. 
using mm -hmm. the, or the using this process as the vehicle to move it from point A to point B. And as we start to do that, we become this hollow bone of energy where we're not having life happening to us anymore. We're allowing life to happening through us. And in that respect, there's never a victim. You're always in the flow. And no matter what life gives you, you're able to do the you know energetic ninja moves and move it on to where it's going to create possibility. And that's really what all these processes are about is getting the heaviness and moving it along to where it could be something different. Yeah, and um, you know, it, it's, it's something, you know, it's, I've, I've taught a few people this technique and I always wonder whether or not um, they will actually stick with the practice of it. Because I know when I was first doing it um, in the beginning, well, right off the bat, I was really blown away by just how much of a difference it made, but it almost is so simple that uh, I could feel some people would get distracted and be like, you know, and just not think to do it throughout the day. And that the times when I have forgotten about it, like for a week um, <laughs> and not done it, I, that I, I don't realize just how much of the uh, uncomfortable sensations that I would feel throughout the day, the sensations of being ungrounded, an anxious sensations, sensations of uh, like whatever, stress, um, agitation, all this stuff, um, I mean, they'll still arise. It's a part of the human experience to have these emotions and these experiences, but it's the difference between having something like that come up in your field and to have it like sort of fester and you continue to focus on it for a lengthy period of time. And just as soon as you catch it, like running it out and it just goes away and then you're back to that deeply peaceful state. And uh, there have even been times when running that energy for a while, I sit there and I feel so good. Like I literally let out a little, oh, <laughs> just and all I'm doing is running Samachikui and I feel so good it's almost like a, I guess like we said almost like some kind of beautiful uh, intoxication or something yeah. I kind of think of it like when you a perfect example last week uh, one day we went hiking in the woods uh, down in the valley and it was ended up being like a 14 mile hike to the dismay of my two youngest children, my <laughs> children. Um, and they, they were like oh, you realize that where we turn around that's halfway and they're like oh no like we, we had said that but anyway but after a long thing like that, where you're feeling like your body having all the, this tiredness and tension and you get to lay down for the first time, that sense of relaxation, that's yeah. what this, this thats what this energy flow does. It gives you that sense of, ah, or slipping into a warm bath or a sauna, yeah, yeah. like that type of thing where it just puts you at ease and all, you're not even thinking about anything because you were so physically tired. You're just being in that moment. That's energetically, I feel like um, a parallel equivalent to what this does for you. Oh yeah, no, it, it, it's amazing. One of the things I've noticed also is I've been running Samachikui more often is the, my quality of sleep has improved so much. Like more, like bag, better quality of sleep than anything I've ever tried. I've tried all kinds of herbs and I don't know why I did that for it. Herbs are wonderful. Like <laughs> herbs can be very powerful. <laughs> it was not the right gesture to make there. But I would just, just say I've tried many things. Many of them have been very effective, but nothing as effective as just running some chikui. And um, now that I do run that, I mean, I just feel like for one of the first times in my life, I go to lay down and I can pretty much just fall asleep and stay asleep for the majority of the night and wake up. And I know that doesn't sound very incredible to a lot of people out there, but to me, that's an amazing thing because I've always had difficulty um, sleeping. And, I find uh, that hard to believe. I don't know. <laughs> well, Hank, that's why I have to go to bed so early and I sleep in so late is because I don't sleep that whole time. I just lay there trying to sleep and then go to sleep and then wake up and then I'm up for a while. So that's why such a large chunk of my experience is dedicated to sleeping. But now... <laughs> 
It's like I just lay down and boom, I'm just off and then back up and. Uh oh. Yeah. She wants she wants Uh-oh. to smell an Asami Chikui. S A M I N, and then a separate word C H E Q U I is how right. I spell it. Right, and I know Zane spells it differently, but we, I don't. There's no. There's not a written language until the Spanish conquered and they applied Spanish phonetics to the spoken word, and right. so across dozens of dialects of Quechua, the spelling could vary from village to village, so there really isn't a quote-unquote correct spelling. Right. But So, like, spell it how you would remember to say it. Samen Chakui, or Sami Chakui. But it's also pronounced, like Elizabeth pronounced it, uh, Samen Chakui. Yeah. Totally different. Uh, yeah. Totally different spelling. <laughs> so. Yep. So spell it however you can remember. <laughs> <laughs> Samen Chakui. But yeah, it really is. Uh, I mean, if I could... If there's one exercise from this tradition that I've learned so far that I could share with everyone on the planet, it would be Samachikui. I mean, it really is life-changing. And no joke, out of all the times I've seen Zane teach, this is included in every single class. Because he, he, if you only got the students for one class ever, give them the most powerful technique that can really shift and change their lives. And right. if you're in a grocery store and you got like the people in front of you who didn't wear a mask and are getting kicked out of line or whatever scenario it is, and there's all this hoochie just flying around because of uh, the tensions in the air, if it's in the energy, if the energy is in the air, just just imagine the entire space just flowing with the samajaku. You can do it by area and by volume, and so uh, yeah. do it for the whole grocery store. Uh, if you're going to be going into Costco, just say, hey, I'm bringing down the samajaku in the whole space, mm-hmm. and see how different your experience might be. I should have remembered this last time I was in Giant Eagle. I felt like I was like um, an alien from another planet going through. I'm like, this seems so out of time and space i don't know it was just really a weird dimensional experience it felt like realities were colliding together and people that i've never seen in this reality were suddenly present like just energetically everything's weird and different I, I <laughs> no yeah um but then one thing zane said in the last class he was saying practice some chikui um like in your interactions with the people you have relationships with so it could be like parents friends family uh boyfriend girlfriend whatever um, but as you start to notice um, like friction arising in, in a relationship and hucha being generated over like disagreements or whatever is happening, as soon as you feel that little bit of hucha start to arise, as you're having the conversation, just make the intent of the samachikui start to run. And just notice how that starts to shift your experience of the interaction. And um, yeah, so I, and it was funny because before he brought that up in the class. I was, um, where was I? It was like right after the initiations, the day after or something or two days after, I went over to my parents' house um, for a Father's Day, like belated Father's Day thing. And uh, we're just sitting there talking and uh, I could feel there's like uh, some hucha from everyone there. <laughs> and um, nothing bad but it's just you know the stresses of life and things and people aren't conscious of like how much is built up and none of them other than me have been taught how to actually deal with their hucha so i'm sitting there and as i'm talking as i'm feeling this stuff it was, i was having a conversation fully grounded in that conversation while also fully in the experience of running samachikui and harmonizing the energies around um but uh, it was amazing how much more comfortable i felt i know like before when having a conversation like that if i was as sensitive as I am to energy 
if I was feeling all of that hucha, I would be really uncomfortable and distracted from the conversation. But just having that intent to flow the Samachikui kept me perfectly grounded in not just that reality of the conversation, but also in the reality of uh, the spiritual flows of energy around also. And so, um, yeah, it really made for a, a much, much more peaceful, pleasant experience. And it was one of those where everyone uh, walked away from the experience. Like people, you know, all of us were like, wow, that was really nice. That was an amazing get together. Like, wow, that was beautiful. And we were all saying that. And, um, and you know, whether or not that would have been said either way, if I had done that or not, I don't know. But I certainly know it was very pleasant for me, uh, thanks to running Samajikui. Right. And now combine that with a question. If you're about to run Samajikui, you could also ask what energy could I be in this moment to create a new possibility for everyone? And the combination flowing the energy and your willingness to be whatever the energy is that's going to create a possibility, like in a way, you being in the space you were in, harmonizing those things, you were being that energy that was going to create a possibility. So mm -hmm. run the flow and then ask the question, what energy could I be? What choices could I make that will create a different possibility for myself and everyone around me? And that will, that that's going to create ease for everyone. I want to add that in. I love the word ease. Like, what would it be like if all of life was just with ease? Even the troubling stuff, right? If it could just be an easy flow of it, everything would be so different. But the question engages the brain totally differently. And it really, I can't explain it, but start playing with it. That if you start asking questions like that, other than the question why, it just starts to shift your awareness and everything around you. And you really start to make different choices because of the questions that you're asking. Because questions bring awareness. And then the awareness allows you to make different choices, which allow you to ask more questions, which allow you to bring more awareness. And it starts this amazing um, dance with the universe by by doing this because it's creating all these different energies that you're now interplaying with. And I just wanted to bring up something that I've been super excited about lately, and that is um, honeysuckle tea. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> what your mind's—I was going to say—you can have your energy and, and and your herbs too. It's like have your cake and eat it too. You can do both. You know? Oh yeah. So <laughs> sleeping. So. Um, uh, I have always, I've, for a long, long time, have been very, um, I've had a very deep love for tea and uh, various other herbs. And, um, uh, but I'd never wild foraged, like picked my own herbs for tea. I've, I've always bought them, like, you know, dried herbs from like an apothecary or an online store or whatever. And I was hiking with a friend from the apprenticeship. Um, and, we came across some honeysuckle bush and now I'd experienced honeysuckle before where you pull the little thing out and you get the little drop on your tongue and it's delicious. But uh, I smelled the flower there and I went, oh my gosh, that's such an amazing smell. It's almost like a combination of jasmine and something else. I'm like, that, that would probably be delicious as a tea. And she's like, yeah, you can make it into tea. I was like, seriously? She's like, yeah, absolutely. It's really delicious. I'm like, oh my goodness. So I picked some of the flowers and, uh, uh, I made a cup of tea, and not only was it one of the most delicious cups of tea I ever had, um, but what I did is I, we've guided people in on the show through a, a, a kintu, which is another one of the sort of core practices uh, in this tradition, where I, I connected the leaves, uh, or the flowers in this case, um, with like the uh, 
Mother Earth and the physical body and the emotional body and all this and brought it through this process and then just infused it with my finest Sami, my finest light energy in this moment and then brewed the tea and then again before I drank it, just connected with the purest, most beautiful sacredness of this moment and breathe that into the water and then drank the tea. And on top of, like I said, being just a delicious cup of tea, it was like, I just became so much more in tune with that flow of beautiful light energy coming down. And, um, oh, I felt so incredible and beautiful and at peace. And so um, now uh, I've been really into tea again. And I discovered um, just some herbs that I guess, you know, I've been very aware existed, but I've never really um, experimented with this plant medicine and like rose. My goodness, I made a cup of, the first time I made a cup of this rose tea, I just have dried rose buds and petals. And um, I put a tiny little pinch into one like eight ounce uh, cup of tea and um, it knocked me out, man. <laughs> I, uh, I drank the cup of rose tea. It was feeling really peaceful. And I'm not the kind of person that normally would take a nap in the middle of the day. I just don't really do that. Or if I was going to, it takes a while for me to wind down and relax and get into that space. But um, I drank a cup of rose tea and I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, just feeling these beautiful energies. And I'm like, I'm just going to close my eyes for a second. And then I was out for a couple hours and I got up and I actually had somewhere to be. And I was like, oh man, I'm going to be out the door like right now. Um, but uh, no, it's amazing. But when you become um, more sensitive, and I think also when we start to clear out a lot of that ucha from our bodies, um, it, it, uh, it, it, clears out that which is blocking us from being tuned in to more of the like finer uh, uh, subtle beautiful energies of the world so something like drinking a cup of rose tea which before may have just been kind of oh it smells good tastes good can now become this really beautiful sensory experience in the body and can create all kinds of change for you just because you've cleared away that heaviness that has been blocking the flow of that energy through your body before and I po- I went and found the episode, assuming I have it labeled correctly. It was episode 30, um, and I put the link on the screen, and I did post it in comments. So if you want to go check out that Kintu ceremony, that is the episode where we talked about it. I don't think we were planning on it because the title was like alternate realities, but I, I think we ended up doing a Kintu ceremony. If I uh, Walking hand in hand with the nature spirits around you was the subtitle. Or I was wrong and I labeled it incorrectly. In that case, it's probably an episode before or after, so check it out. But uh, hopefully it's right. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. But yeah, um, so I'm really excited today. I'm going to go try and procure all kinds of other delicious flowers and herbs for tea. Um, (laughs) It's funny, I'm the kind of person where I get into something like this and I will spend too much money on (laughs) delicious herbs. But... um, yeah, no, it's just so fun, you know, uh, like plants are such a beautiful thing. And I, in my experience, uh, these plant medicines on top of all the beneficial compounds uh, physically that are present in the plant, mm-hmm. um, they have their own spirit and energy that interacts with us, but also becoming really in tune with um, like Sami and Hucha, especially the flowers I've noticed, like, like flower, like a rose or lavender or whatever other flowers you're using to make into tea or food or whatever. Um, flowers to me just contain such a refined, uh, powerful sami. So so much light energy in them. So when you yeah. connect with them by drinking them or using essential oils or however you do it, a uh, man, can that bring in a lot of light? 
Yeah. Oh, I thought. I don't know why I thought I was expecting another word after you said that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was going to mention uh, I have all these roses growing outside of my house, and now it's come to my awareness through Casey doing a Google search. I'm going to hold him accountable if something doesn't go right. But all the roses are edible, so I'm going to try making um, some rose tea myself. And in much a similar way Casey was talking, there's another practice when, when like we're preparing different types of things in shamanism, there's a method to wake up the medicine where you're having a spiritual experience with the spirit of the plant instead of just the chemical experience with whatever's in the plant. And you just take a little bell and you just ring it over your chamomile tea or your honeysuckle tea. And there's like, a, just with the intention that you're calling in the spirit of the plant and that you're starting to have an interaction with it. And before I even use anything like that, um, personally oh yeah he's got his little bell yeah a little <laughs> bell like that a little bell like that because like, it's like you're ringing the dinner bell you're telling like you're um, honoring the spirit and you're saying hey you know pl please make your presence known and that type of thing and if you have an altar space before i used um, some certain teas uh, for the first time they sat on my altar for maybe a couple of weeks or even a month before i even went to work with them and uh, just really honoring the spirit of the plant and acknowledging that i was holding it very sacred before i was going to um, to do any actual work with the plant and let's see, we got a comment. Is there a course on this for just infusible? Uh, I wonder, Casey, could you make a course on this infusing edibles? Um, no, what are you, are you talking about with like different flowers and things like that? Uh, oh, oh, I, I think she was talking about, because I used the word infusing when I, when I was talking about making a tea. So when I, when you say in, like, so an herbal infusion, for example, or like a, like infusing tea, means you're um you're combining whatever plant material so flowers or um like leaves or whatever herb you're using uh you're just putting hot water over it so like in uh, i'm trying to see i know i have all kinds of devices well give me one second so i can give a visual demonstration sure he'll be back in just a moment uh, maybe the, while we're waiting for him, I'll give you a chant real quick with the bell you ring it and one of the ways that you call in the spirit of a, a, a plant or any other medicine, you would just sing Armano, 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 And then the name of the spirit you're calling in, chamomile or honeysuckle or whatever it is. So this is one of my most uh, prized items. So this is, and it doesn't have to be something like this. This is just my favorite one. This is a, a teapot. So when we're talking about an infusing, like this part right here is uh, referred to as an infuser. Um, so it's like a fine mesh thing. And uh, you put your plant material in here, flowers, leaves, uh, whatever it might be. You put that in here, this goes inside of the pot and you pour hot water over that. Uh, and then you let it sit and steep for a minute. And then when that's done steeping, you remove this, it removes all the plant matter, and then you're just left with the tea after that. So that is what infusing, that's all infusing means. Um, and how yeah. long do you let it steep? Is it, it really just a minute or depends It depends on the, on the herb. Um, so for example, like Camellia sinensis is uh, the plant that uh, is actually called tea. It's like the tea plant. So like green tea, black tea, white tea, oolong tea, um, that's all. Camellia sinensis. Um, 
And so all of those, be it white, green, black, and even within that, like different kinds of green tea, will all require different temperatures and different steep times to get the ideal cup of tea. And with tea, especially Camellia sinensis, it's really fickle. Um, like if certain types of tea, if you over infuse like too hot or for too long, it will actually release like these, I can't remember what they're called, uh, but it releases things into the water that can like cause kidney stones and all kinds of issues. So you really have to be careful with Camellia sinensis. See, um, now that just blew me away. I never knew this. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, so if you're basically if your tea tastes bitter, toss it out. Uh, tea should never taste bitter, and which is funny because like those Lipton tea bags that people do, that people just pour boiling water over that stuff, and it's almost always bitter, which is why people have to add like, you know, sweetener and all that stuff. Uh, but if your tea tastes bitter, you screwed it up, and it has poisonous substances in it. So, um, what is the ideal steeping time for black tea? It depends time on the black and temperature. Tea. Depends oh, on the black tea. Man. Yeah, oh. but uh, but typically I want to say uh, black tea is around 190 degrees Fahrenheit and like three minutes would probably be pretty safe for most. Um, but uh, but now now with other herbs though, and again it's herb by herb, but in general, other herbs besides Camellia sinensis, you're pretty safe to use basically boiling water. If you want to be really safe, just boil the water in your kettle or whatever. Let it cool down for a few minutes so it's not right at boiling. And then, um, uh, yeah, it depends. But I mean, some of them I'll just let steep for like 15 minutes. You know, just let it go for, for quite a long time. Um, others, if it's a little more like uh, of a like bitter herb, then I might not steep it as long. It, you, you just got to do a little bit of research on it. And Marianne was making a comment of DNA. I'm not sure what you're referring to with that. But on a sound note, there deoxyribonucleic acid. Well, I know. Well, I know that, but I don't know the context <laughs> of what we're talking about. <laughs> Thank you, Casey. But, but there's actually tuning forks that can help activate or repair DNA. That's actually a DNA forks and also the 528 fork from Solfeggio set. Uh, anyway, and then call the spirit energy. Yes. Absolutely. Like then, while and it's and steeping, it, you can even sing to it. You could be steeping the tea, ringing your little bell, singing to the tea, calling in the spirit of the plant, and uh, that would be a great time to do that. And, and he was saying three minutes. Yeah, it depends. Uh, like three three minutes for black tea is uh, depending on the black tea. Uh, if a lot of them are are okay with three minutes, but some some may take a little bit less. Uh, I always err on the side of less time. So, okay, for example, one big thing with Camellia sinensis, if you want a stronger cup of tea, like stronger flavor, that do not steep it for longer with Camellia sinensis. If you want a stronger cup of tea, you add more tea leaves. Um, but you always err on the side of less time, less temperature, more tea leaves if you want uh, stronger. See, I was the type of person that I would just leave the tea bag in the entire time while I drank it. I never took it out, so I guess I'll have to change my ways. But I don't yeah. drink black tea that often. It's yeah. usually other other teas from Peru that I do that with. Well, that and um, uh, with uh, like the Lipton tea bags, um, you're getting the uh, absolute like lowest of the lowest quality tea. Um, and there's like different grades. Like there's a whole grading system for tea, and like at the top would be um, just the buds from from the like tea leaves so they haven't even fully come into like leaves so just the buzz is the absolute highest quality and then down from there is um one bud and one leaf is how they pick it and then like one bud and two leaves and then um just leaves 
and then it goes down from there. And then all the way at the bottom of this grading scale is all the leftover stuff. So just the stems and the twigs and the bugs that get ground up with everything as they're just ripping the whole plant out of the ground. All the crap at the bottom is what they end up putting into the tea Lipton tea bags. Well, I'm never buying Lipton tea bags again. Where yeah. is the best place to buy tea? Um, there's a lot of great online retailers. I actually don't. Uh, well, um, there's a few that I would. Well, there's one in particular I know of right now that I would recommend just because I bought some good stuff from there, but I don't remember the name of it because I don't buy camellia sinensis because I'm sensitive to caffeine. Well, well there's a lot of uh, there's a place called Sub Rosa Tea, and they've been a vendor before at the HHH Expo that I run, and she's the teas that I have gotten from her have been very good. So I wonder, mm. I'll, I'll, I should send you the website. Let's see if it gets Casey's stamp of approval, and if so, I'll order some more tea from her. And um, <laughs> I would always say uh, also. Loose leaf tea is 100% of the time going to be a much better experience than tea bags. Tea bags are just really not an ideal way to brew tea. So like, even if you get one of those little ball infusers, those aren't exactly ideal either, but they're still better than a, a tea bag. So, and those are only, you can get them for like a, like a buck or two. Um, so, yeah. And that, is that just because they don't package the really good stuff in tea bags? That's one of the reasons, and then also the material that the tea bags are made out of doesn't, and the way that they're packed in there real tight doesn't allow for like a very good flow of like water um, through. So like for example, when you're looking at this thing, you got this giant teapot and this huge thing. So the water is just very easily like flowing through this to like infuse the herbs. Whereas if you have like a tiny little tight little package of tea, like the water's just, you know, it's barely going to flow through there. So you're not going to get a very flavorful cup. You there. know, I think we're going to have to edit this video and make two shows out of it. One for the sandwich curry, <laughs> one for tea. <laughs> oh, I could talk tea all day long. I love tea. Um, I can tell. I, well, I knew you liked tea, but this is the first time I've really seen the passion you know, coming out. <laughs> But um, yeah, uh, but no, but I, now I'm like, there are other herbs I've come across, I've discovered since honeysuckle that I know are out right now, like red clovers is one of them that I've never tried before, but I've seen them all over the place. I didn't know what they were. And uh, there's all these groups on Facebook for like wild foraged edibles in Ohio and things like that. And I just asked people like, what are some good teas that are out growing right now? And then all these people had all these responses and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go for a walk and pick all this delicious tea. So it's very We're gonna exciting. We're going to have a foraging episode here going out finding all the Casey's little tea things. Oh yeah, Wonderful. definitely. That <laughs> happened yesterday when we were on our walk, he was collecting some more honeysuckles. I was. Allegedly, allegedly. I don't know what. <laughs> well, it was on my parents' property in Southern Ohio. That we were, oh, there we go. Yeah. We were hiking that, so yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Oh, wow. where was I going with that? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know where I was going with that. I had it like twice in my head and then it just disappeared. But um, yeah, you know, and I think it's so that's such a beautiful way to connect with um, uh, the earth also is to, to take, um, you know, uh, fresh foods, plants like that and really have an experience connecting and consuming those plants. You know, it's a, it can be such a beautiful way to open up a dialogue with the spirits of nature. Whether or not you're used to like communicating with the spirits of nature or not, um, you're still connecting with those powerful energies. And on, a, on some level in your body and energy field, you are aware of that communication that's happening and you're deepening your relationship you know, with the earth. I've things. never done this before, but I'm inspired to, next time I, I eat a, a meal or whatnot, to connect not only with the spirit of all the plants on the plate, 
or whatever the I don't eat animals but um, if you were eating meat like connect with the spirit of the animal maybe it would change your mind about eating it then but <laughs> but then also the spirit of the land the Pachamamitas of the land where it was coming from because we believe that they're in shamanism that every land has its spirit and offering a gift of hucha which is going to be broken down into sami because it's part of the earth but offering them a gift and gratitude for the food that you're about to eat and that's going to create a whole nother connection because you're not just bringing in the, the energy of the plants that you're eating you're also touching in with the spirit of the land where it came from saying thank you thank you for your contribution and how much more magical of an experience could you have eating your meals if you were to connect with all of these things or mm -hmm. you might be like oh i'm not gonna buy from there again that's a bad farmer <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah no and i know uh, like whenever i go to pick um uh any kind of herb or, or whatever that i find uh, I always either offer an offering of like, sometimes I'll have tobacco on me. So I'll offer like a gift of tobacco or something, or I will just send like my finest Sami and just offer this beautiful light energy um, for this uh, uh, plant and as like a gratitude. Or Florida water. Yeah, that's yeah. one of my, that's my go-to thing. And then, uh, or just if you don't have anything on you, you can even offer a kintu where you put a little bit of your saliva and you're offering your energy back or just your hucha. Uh, you can, if you find yourself without a gift, you can still offer some things. Doesn't matter. You don't have to have an official thing, but it's nice. I love, well, when we go for hikes, we'll be pulling out our Florida water, offering little drinks to the trees or different places, nature spirits that we become aware of as we're walking. And uh, it's a great way to honor the space that you're in when you do things like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's, it's, a, it's all about that Aini, developing that reciprocity and becoming good stewards of the earth. Um, you know, and uh, I think if, if everyone had more of a respect and realized that all of these plants and, and, and the earth that we're walking on is living and alive, uh, wow, would that shift <laughs> the state of the world. And the concept of Aini is, uh, you could translate it to divine reciprocity. And it does not necessarily mean that if I give something to Casey, Casey has to give something to me. It's about being in the flow of energy. Because if right. you only take, 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 and you never give, that it's like a dam. And you have all this energy flow, this water building up behind that's creating hucha. It's a condensation of energies. That's really what, even hucha is sami. It's just condensed sami, right? So if you are only taking and you're never giving, you're damming up with this energy and that's creating hucha. And if if you're only giving and you're never receiving and you're depleting yourself that creates hucha so it's always about you're getting energy in you're flowing energy out and you're in that energetic dance like we discussed before but a, a great example of this why it's important if what if we didn't give any carbon dioxide to trees right uh, the planet would probably not exist. But we just packaged it all <laughs> right. up and yeah, we packed, we're it not, into a bag. I am not giving you, but fortunately for us, some <laughs> things of Aini are developed in nature and they're automatic. We don't have to think about it. But if people could choose to give it to the trees or not, we probably wouldn't have a planet right now because we hang on to things, right? But that's a great example of Aini, how we give carbon dioxide, the plants take that, and in exchange they give us oxygen. There's a symbiotic relationship. And we have the same interconnectedness with everyone because the truth of the matter is, in the absolute sense, we are all one. Even though we have our separate identities and we are in fact separate in the duality, we're all one. So everything that you're not sending back out into the universe flow-wise, you're actually denying yourself in a way because there's a lot more of you out there than there is here. Mm -hmm. And it's, so Aini is just a, a huge thing. I have seen you do that, did not know why. I'm not sure what we're referring to there. I've seen you do that, but didn't know why. 
oh the florida water probably we're talking about the just giving the little different offerings and love this explanation of hucha yep everything is uh sami it's just um any sami that is condensed lower than where you're at right now will feel heavy to you and um and Mother Earth is really good at breaking. I, I was going to say that during the Saman Chikuti exercise, but I didn't know if we were giving that away. There's a, it was funny. I've told that to a lot of people that the Hucha is just condensed Sami. But like when, I'll never forget when uh, uh, Zane first presented that to us, he goes, he's like, well, that's not something you find out until a lot later in the apprenticeship usually, but for some reason I'm saying it now. And I'm like, well, why would you say that right off the rip? That makes so much sense to me. <laughs> so I don't know. Well, when you teach, though, you are always, um, like I'm teaching an online class now, and based on the students in the class, you adjust and you, you're in the flow of whatever is going to be in that moment for that class. And I've seen him, there's still stuff I've seen him teach that he's never taught in another class since. And it was like a one day class out of fellowships and I've never seen him teach it again. And that was a one day thing, not even an apprenticeship. So like you, as a teacher, you just kind of tailor your energy and what you're saying to whatever the group is willing and able to receive in that moment <laughs> or not. Not everybody takes everything. So that's cool too. All right. Well, we're coming up on the hour mark and oh, we want to make sure we can upload this to Instagram TV. So we should wrap up so we don't have to edit the video. <laughs> but you were mentioning now at the beginning, now you can mention where are you at now? You're going to be all kinds of different yeah. places. So I um, am doing shamanic healing, massage, all that good stuff out of holistic health and healing in North Olmstead, um, which is uh, Hank's center. And then um, I'm also going to be at Goddess Elite a couple days a month, I believe. I had my first day there uh, this past Friday, and that was really beautiful. So I still have to talk to Melissa just to find out like, uh, if I'm going to have like regular days every month, like a couple days a month. Uh, but then also the new moon in uh, Lakewood. I'm going to be there a couple days a week. Um, stay tuned for that. Um, I think I'm going to be there maybe like not every Sunday, but some Sundays and then also like a day or two uh, during the week as well. Um, but uh, we'll kind of see how all that flows. But I'm going to be, like I said, Newman, Goddess Elite, HHH, um, and then doing the online stuff. You can always book virtual sessions at shamanswayhealing.com. Uh, so, yeah, just spreading all the healing magic all the time at many different places. I thought I had your website linked, but I guess I don't. But, yeah, shamanswayhealing.com is his site, and my site is just my name, hanksuttala.com, and I do have my schedule open now in the mornings. And Thursdays I see walk-in clients. It's the only day of the week that you can walk in and, without an appointment, um, and I work out a goddess elite. But you can also schedule, so uh, if you're interested in that. And then I think that's all that's really going on. Oh, July 11th, I am teaching a bars class. So if you're local and you're not afraid of cooties because, uh, you know, COVID and all that, I'll be teaching a bars class on July 11th out of HHH, which is an all-day workshop. Uh, and the bars is 32 points on the head, and they all correlate to different themes of energy, like healing, aging, uh, relationships, and all that. And by putting your hands on either side, it creates a bar of energy, which is where the, the name comes from. And it helps to dissipate all the thoughts, feelings, considerations, judgments, conclusions, projections, expectations you have around whatever that theme is and it allows you to get rid of all the heaviness around it and step into new possibilities that's bars in a nutshell and it clears lifetimes of stuff so it's really a potent uh experience actually did i ever run your bars casey i forget now i don't remember if, if that happened during our first healing session yeah i don't remember like usually i start with bars a little bit and then i'm off running and doing other things because i can't sit for a whole hour just holding someone's head <laughs> <laughs> but i i do i i, I kind of do a few whatever it feels going to be the most potent and then i just tell them to run and i go do other stuff 
Yeah, well, if not, then you'll have to give me a little experience of that at some point. Yeah, I'll discipline myself to give a, a full 45-minute session to hit all the bars at once, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely do that. But if you're interested in that, that will be June 11th, and let's see, you've got, oh, I think someone just saying, have a magical day. It's my cousin. You got this. Have a magical day. Nice. <laughs> Very thank <cool>. you. <laughs> yeah, thank you for watching. I know uh, California's just waking up, so uh, we were streaming a little bit early, and our time's are going to be random because we never know when we're going to have now that we're both um seeing clients again um things are kind of chaotic in terms of the time that we can uh, be on so we aren't always going to schedule um so the best place to make sure you're going to know that we're uh, streaming is if you subscribe to the youtube channel and turn notifications on because you'll get the notice and we sometimes stream different places so make sure um subscribe notifications also to shaman's way because casey yeah. goes on and does free healing sessions free any healing sessions and that's about it All yeah right. so uh thank you everyone uh and, and thank you for tuning in after uh, we've had such a long break uh, we appreciate everyone who's here um listening and uh just being open to um you know the new experiences and uh, ideas that we present so thank you all so much a nike 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 see you next time